0: Jesus, praise God. I have a couple things uh, before we start. One, uh, Janie had 40 ladies over at the house yesterday, and all the report was they just had such a good time. Give it up for my wife, would you please? Thank you, honey, for all you do. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, if you need prayer, if you need prayer, like serious prayer, you want to go to my wife, and I'll tell you why. It was like Wednesday, and it looked like rain all day on Saturday. And so she's like, I want to pray that the Lord holds it off. So then I looked at my phone later on Wednesday night or Thursday and it said, rain at 12, which is the exact time of her, her event from 12 to 3. And so then she said, I'm, I'm just going to believe the Lord's going to just, it's going to bypass us, even if it says. And so I looked at my phone a little bit later, a few hours later, rain was moving until 2 o'clock. And so then on Friday, I said, look at the rain's like not until 3 o'clock, 40% chance. She said, yeah. I, we should be done by then, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pray that the just, Lord just moves it to like five o'clock or so. I said, all right, and so uh, you know, whatever. 4:58, <laughs> it started raining. <laughs> <laughs> so, no rain, it was a beautiful day, beautiful afternoon, and I think the ladies that came out all had a good time, and so again, thank you, honey, for, for that. Now, a couple of things regarding the book, really quickly. Uh, first of all, give our online viewers a shout-out, can we do that? Thank you, online watchers, appreciate you tuning in. So, all the net proceeds of this book are going to go back to the church for Grace Downtown and for our Cherokee projects, I want you to know that we're not going to get any of that resources. So I hope it, you know, I hope it sells a million copies. Wouldn't that be cool if, like, you know, all that money just came back into to Grace Church and, and uh, we could all just celebrate together, right? Uh, the, the other thing then, too, they're, they're doing what is called a layer, and this is important for the people watching online, they're doing what is called a layered marketing. So you can actually go to Amazon.com. Uh, they have it on their uh, Prime Lists. you just have to Google my name, Mark Dolphin, Sr. to order it, or you can go to Barnes & Noble and look at my name. And then a week or two, it's available by title. They have to let the title, the title's been copyrighted, but they have to let the title go through before they can sell it via title. So they sell it via my name, Mark Dolphin, Sr., and then they sell it by the title, and then they do reviews. Now, kind of a cool thing is my publisher emailed me last night with a link to Barnes & Noble, and Barnes & Noble has Made it available for their book club members, and actually put it on their list as one of their picks for Mother's Day gifts. So I thought that was kind of that's kind of cool. We'll see what happens, but um, yeah. So if you read it and you like it, you can go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble and leave a review. If you read it and you don't like it, don't review it. <laughs> just just you know maybe tell me, throw it away, give it to the Goodwill, whatever. But uh, don't don't go on one of those two places <laughs> and review it. I, I appreciate that. So uh, God's good, and we hope that um, all the time, God is good. We hope that uh, if if it comes in any resources, we're gonna hey, we're gonna get that downtown. Up downtown, by the way, people have asked. Is we're in a stalemate right now because the uh, city and state have to rule on a code measure that we're trying to to get pushed through for a maximum occupancy. And so we're just kind of in a waiting wing there. Um, nothing, no fault on our end, no fault on the contractor's end. It's just something that uh, we've got to get, try to push through, and, and everybody's just kind of waiting and wondering. So just be in prayer that we'll have favor. That's what we want to pray right now, that we have favor, that the Lord will make that go through. We can get it all done this summer so early in the fall we can get down there and have us have our next campus up and running. Amen. All right, thank you. So, uh, we're in the uh, we're in this two week series, "Ain't No Grave," and we're going to talk about just coming up out of the grave, and we'll give you some theology behind it. But I, I need to walk through some dispensations for a moment. You need to know there's a divine shift. And if you're taking notes, you might want to write that down, divine shift. A divine shift takes place every time there's a a new dispensation. And the dispensation took place in Acts, the second chapter. But I'm going to go back through them with you for a moment so that you understand. And then I'll equate it to like a young child. So the first... Dispensation of the first age, and well, don't look at dispensation; think of age. I'll give you some, just really quickly, I'll, I'll, to confirm we're talking about ages. First Timothy one seventeen says the King of ages. First Corinthians two seven says before the ages. Hebrews one two says the Creator of the ages, talking about Jesus. First Corinthians ten talks about the completion of the ages, which is the dispensations. Galatians one four talks about the present evil age. Uh, Ephesians three talks about the purpose of the ages. That's what we'll talk about. In a minute, and then Ephesians 1.21 talks about the age. Or dispensation to come, which is the millennial reign. So different ages are dispensations. And you can look at them as ages, that's more of a modern terminology, and it's also scriptural goes like this. The first age was the age of innocence. That was Adam and Eve, up until uh, Genesis the third chapter. Third Genesis the third chapter came the age of conscience, okay? That's when they fell. That was that was their sin. And then from there, we go into Genesis the eighth chapter, the age of human government. That's after the Ark landed, and Noah gets off with his with the the eight of them, and God gives a promise that he'll never uh, flood the earth in totality again. And then Genesis, the 12th chapter, is the age of promise, okay? And that's when uh, God gives Abraham the seven blessings of promise. And then we go to Exodus 19 and 20, and we have the age of the law. Now, we'll stop there for a second. We'll go on, but I'll kind of relate it to you in a a storybook fashion. We have four grandchildren are we have one more on the way due here at the end of June and uh, our youngest grandchild right now is uh, baby Salo and if you've been in this church for a while you know that we you know we love all of our grandkids we love all of our kids we love all the people in the church but Salo she's just she's cute in an honorary sort of way and and she looks after and she kind of takes after her her Grammy. Uh, Grammy's cute in an ornery sort of way. And we were at Starbucks this morning before service and we went in, uh, we go in, we don't drive through, we go in because we always like to add a little bit of stuff to the coffee. And so we were sitting there and Janie had this look on her big eyes and kind of a, just kind of a, not a smile, not a frown, just kind of a look. And and she's just playing with her fingers and I, and I just started laughing. and She said, what are you laughing at? I said, you just look like sailor will in like a few decades from now. You know, you just have that sailor look and the Person, she wasn't sure if the person making uh, her coffee right or not. Well, that was that was baby Selah. Well, Selah, when she was born, was born into innocence. There is no when a baby's born, there is no right or wrong. They just they sleep, they cry, they you know wet, mess, whatever. They sleep, they cry, they eat, they wet, mess. So it's a process. So this was Adam and Eve, and then they come to a point where this age of consciousness. So she gets to this point where then she realizes if she's doing something right or wrong, okay. In our house, in our kitchen, we have a, a lazy Susan, I think you call it, it's kind of a corner cabinet, and it rolls around. Well, I came home for lunch one day, on Tuesdays, Janie uh, watches uh, Selah, and so I come home for lunch, so I can see Selah, eat lunch with Janie, and so I come walking in this particular day, and the cabinet door was open, and Selah was kind of tucked in the cabinet, and she looks up at me, and I said, what are you doing? She holds up some crackers, and she says, crackers. Now, she's able to eat crackers uh, that her parents give her, but her parents give her these whole grain, nasty-tasting crackers, and we have graham crackers, and she likes graham crackers, okay, and so she's like, crackers, and I said, does Grammy know we have crackers? No, and so we make sure Grammy knows, and Grammy's a little bit more lenient than mom and dad are, and so uh, it's like, you can have just a piece. Well, she pulls a whole... Cracker out, you know, and she's eating the crackers. And so this is now, we go from innocence to conscience. Selah knows, kind of, in this particular case, what's right and what's wrong. She knows if she's supposed to have that cracker or not. And she knows right where the crackers are. Even if Grammy moves the crackers, she finds the crackers. She she hunts the crackers down. And then you go to human government. This is what Noah ended up implementing after the flood. Human government then is, Selah is like 27 months old, and she can count to 27. I can tell you why she can count to 27. Because when she does something wrong at her house, she has to go to the corner, and she has to count one, two, three, four, five, all the way up to however old she is in months. Only the cute thing is, when she gets to 10, eight, nine, 10, and she says 11, okay, then she says a 12, a 13 a 14, a 15. She thinks all the teens start with an a, uh, okay? And so, but she, she'll get her correction. That's human government. So if you're looking at the birth of a child, innocent, and then the age of conscience, they kind of know right from wrong. And then government, that's correction. And then promise. And this is the blessing, the promise that God gave Abraham. And he says in Genesis, the 12th chapter, first seven verses, it's for all people. So look at something and say, you're all people. We're all people. We're part of that blessing, okay? Well, promise to a young child would be potential. And so we start to look at the young child, and this is what God did with Abraham, who was married to Sarah, didn't have any children yet. He saw the potential, and part of the potential he saw was you and me. We have to know that because all those blessings come back to us, where we can walk in the blessings of God, the promise. Well, then came the law. Because the Israelites were held in bondage for 400 years, they didn't know right from wrong. They didn't know good from bad. They didn't know good from evil. And so God, when he brought them out, he gave them laws. We call them the Ten Commandments, but there's more laws. There's 613 laws. There's more, uh, there's more commands. There's 3,000 in the Old and New Testament combined together. So God brings these laws to us as a form of boundary, things that we can do, things that we can't, things, things that we shouldn't do, things that we should stay away from. And he lays them out there for them in a form of a boundary, okay? So this is the same thing then true with a young person. We would give them boundaries. Our kids went to school, we gave them boundaries, what time to be home, where they could go, where they should stay away from, what they should do. Those are boundaries that God gives us. But then in Acts, the second chapter, is what we call the 6th, Sixth dispensation or the sixth age, and that's the age of grace. Everybody say grace. grace. Aren't you? Don't you love grace? Aren't you, I mean, aren't you glad? I mean, we love grace so much we renamed the church grace two and a half years ago. We love grace. And this is how we should live in grace together, right? And then there's a seventh dispensation, a seventh age. So when the age of grace is over, in other words, grace is for all people, neither Jew nor Greek, neither uh, bond nor free, neither male nor female, we're all one in Christ Jesus, correct? That being said, we should be loving each other okay? We should be living with each other in the fullness of the gospel, and I'll get into that a little bit more, so that then when all this is over with, and Jesus comes back and gets his church, this age, he pulls this age out, the church age out, which is grace, and then what he does is he he comes down for a millennial reign, a thousand years here on earth, Satan is tied up, and he reigns freely, and, and it's like awesome for a thousand years, and then he loosens the devil, and then he has free rain for just a couple months, a short season, the Bible says, and then he's cast into an eternal lake of fire with those who follow him instead of those who follow Christ. And then there's a new heaven and new earth, and everything goes back to the way it originally was. So there's these ages, and we're in that sixth age of grace. We need to appreciate the age of grace. Grace is not so that we can live it however we want. Okay, First John talks about that. In fact, all five chapters of First John, John talks about the beloved who, who served with Jesus, talks about on how we can't, if we're, listen, if we love God, we need to stop sinning. Okay. If we love God and profess him as Christ, then we know we need to be honest with ourselves and ask ourselves, Lord, is there anything within me that's wrong? Is there anything within me that's not, that's right, so that we can fulfill this age of grace together, right? Are you with me? And, and Paul said... In fact, Paul said, and James echoes it, we need to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. So this is the fear and trembling part that we work out with God. There's only one way to get saved. It's not like, hey, pastor said, I can go ahead and do this. No, there's only one way to get to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. You have to accept Christ as Lord and Savior, okay? Now, I said all that so that it's an entryway that when we say there ain't no grave, what we talked about last week, and if you weren't here, I suggest you go back and watch it, that there ain't no grave. When Jesus came up out of the grave and the graves were open, this entered into a new season, a new age, and that age is grace. And so we're gonna, sometimes we stand when we read today, we're not, because I'm gonna toggle back and forth. Through a prophetic scripture in Haggai, the second chapter, starting at verse four, and then we're going to come back to some points. Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was a contemporary with Zechariah and with uh, Haggai. Uh, he declares the Lord, "Be strong, O Joshua. This is the son of Jehozadak, not the son of none. Joshua, who walked around." The walls of Jericho is the son of Nun. This is the son of Jehoshadak, who's a high priest. So it's a different Joshua, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts. Verse 5, we'll camp out there for a minute. According to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. Let's stop there for a second, because there was covenants that God set up in in Egypt that happened through these ages of dispensation. And I want to cover them for you, because those those covenants are for all time. The first one is the Noaic covenant. And that's in Genesis 8. That's God's faithfulness. That God gives you something, he's going to be faithful in that, okay? Listen, if God's laid a promise on you, you can walk that promise out. God's never going to turn his back on you. He is faithful to the end. Genesis 8 and 22, as long as the earth exists, as long as there's sea time and harvest, as long as there's night and day, as long as there's heat and cold, all those things shall exist as long as this earth exists. And and the scripture says in uh, Matthew that... Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will never pass away. God is faithful, amen. And then the next uh, covenant then is found in what we call the Abrahamic covenant. It's Genesis 12. I talked about that. It's the promise of blessing. There's seven blessings in Genesis the 12th chapter, the first seven verses that Abraham will be blessed, his people would be blessed, the nations would be blessed, the uh, people who bless him will be blessed, people that curse him will not be blessed. I mean, all these things and those blessings still then walk through with you today. You're blessed because Abraham basically gave up his whole life, walked away, sowed seed with Sarah, had a child. That child had a child who had 12 uh, 12 sons, and they became the tribes of Israel. But then we've been grafted in because of the love of Jesus Christ, okay? The next one is the Mosaic Covenant. The Mosaic Covenant is found in Exodus 19. That's God's word. We would call them the Ten Commandments. But God spoke to Moses before that, and in speaking to Moses, he promised him things and said, now here's some of the things in the law that we need to stay away from. If we do, in the law, the things that we're supposed to do, it's always if with us, and it's always win or thin with God. The Bible says, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from the wicked ways, then will they hear from heaven, okay? If my people hearken diligently, uh, Deuteronomy 28 says, to the voice of the Lord, then these blessings shall come upon them and they shall overtake them. It's always if with us. It's always then with God because God is a God of his word. Then the next is the Davidic. Uh, covenant, And that's in 2 Samuel 7. That's a lineage. Now I'm going to talk to uh, parents for a moment, men and women. If you have sons or daughters, if you have spiritual sons or daughters, if you have grandchildren, you have the right to pray over them. You have the right to bless them. You have the right to speak life into them. And if you don't take advantage of that right, that's on you. That's not on, that's not on God. That's not on the pastor. That's not on anybody else. You, you have that right. And so for years, Jane and I have prayed over our children, bless them. Uh, we prayed over their future spouses and now current spouses. We prayed over their future children and now current children and still hopefully future children. We pray over them. Why is that? Because we feel like we have the right to speak blessings into their life. You have that right as well. That's the lineage. That's the covenant that God gave not only David regarding Jesus, but he gives us regarding our line as well. Then the last one is the Jeremiah covenant, and that's the new covenant, Jeremiah 31. That's the covenant that we're going to be talking about briefly today. This new covenant, this age, this grace, dispensation, so that we can realize what there was this divine shift that took place, that at one point in time, the Old Testament, Jesus said he came to fulfill. Fill the law, not do away with it. So those principles still exist, but now we walk in the freshness that is graced by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's go back then to that uh, verse number four in Haggai, the second chapter. And the very end of it says, uh, verse five, I'm sorry. Yep. My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. And so we, here we, we talk about the, the spirit remains. Janie quoted it a minute ago during worship. Matthew 18, uh, verses 19 and 20, where two or three of us are gathered together, there will he be in the midst of us. Okay? Verse 19 says, you can ask if two agree on earth, anything that will be done for them in heaven. Verse 20 then says, for the, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there will I be among them. Listen, we know, let, listen, we brought Jesus with with us today. If you came here and you're God-fearing, if you're a Christ follower, you're here. Everybody say, hey, Jesus. Hey, Jesus. Say it like you mean it. Hey Jesus. hey, Jesus. That's all. Like, he's here. Like, he's here. Like, sometimes we don't believe that. We think maybe we're just going to church and doing duty. Or maybe we're just going to church to kind of, yeah, I got I to gotta get my feeling for the week. I got to get my worship on. Got to get my shout out. No, you're here meeting with Jesus because if you came in Jesus' name, he came with you. And when you came with you, he was like there. And I like that part. Let's go back to that same verse where it says, fear not, okay? So at the very end there, it says, fear not. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment. But I want you to wrap your mind around this for a second, that you're not supposed to walk in fear, okay? You shouldn't be afraid of things. In fact, let's go to the next verse, verse number six, and we'll camp there. For thus says the Lord, so fear not. For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and all the dry land. So point number three, I will shake the heavens. So his spirit remains. This is a divine shift. And I will shake the heavens. For God had not given us a spirit of fear. He says that fear not. I need you to camp on this for a second, because sometimes a lot of believers, and I wouldn't even say it's true fear, they just, they have apprehension, okay? I go out with, um a small team on Thursdays and we go, uh, we knock on doors for, oh, an hour, hour and 10 minutes and, and uh, invite people to church. Uh, we maybe will, uh, you know, ask if there's anything we can pray for. And so last uh, Thursday, there were six of us that went out. We dropped two off in, in, one, uh, in one neighborhood, went over a couple neighborhoods over, blocks over, dropped another couple off, then we went a couple blocks over, mine, my partner, Ryan, and my, my partner, uh, he's, a, he's a really, really good guy. All right? Uh, and I've shared his testimony, but uh, 18 times out of rehab, five years out of prison, and now about 130 days clean. Okay? That's, that's a good deal. That, I mean, that's a good, good deal. And he's fearless. That's the, that's the beautiful part. Like he knocks on a door, and, and from the inside they say, Who's there? He'll say, Grace Church. Like they should know. <laughs> Who? Grace Church. Oh, okay. And, and they they always open. Well, we went to one neighborhood, and uh, we talked to a uh, middle-aged white man who who uh, wasn't having a good day, apparently. He didn't appreciate. And we saw him outside, so we didn't even have to knock. And uh, we started talking to him. And he said, yeah, 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 I love God. I love God. I don't believe in church. And so I said, can I ask you why you don't believe in church? He said, well, yeah. You know, I had three different pastors. He named three different states, and they all burned me. They all took my money and ran. I, I said, well, you know, don't hold that against every church or every pastor. This is the age of, of church. This is the age of grace. And and uh, I said, did, did I ask you one more thing? He said, yeah, I suppose. I said, uh, It's the institution Jesus set up. I mean, like Jesus set up the church, not these guys who took your money and ran it. Are you gonna turn away? He said, yeah, my sister's real religious and she tells me all the time about church, but like, I I love God. I'm just not gonna go to church. I said, well, my partner said, well, can we pray with you? He said, no, I don't want your prayer. I, I thought... Well, that was kind of odd. So my fearless partner and I, he, my fearless partner says, well, we're going to go next door. And the guy says, I hope you're packing nothing but crack houses around here. And so, like, my guy gets lit up over that type of stuff. Yeah, baby. <laughs> you are going to go get some war zone in here now. And uh, he don't want to go to... Uh, Neighborhoods where maybe the crime would not be so high. And I'm not saying crime's high in the neighborhood we're at. I'm just going by what this white, middle-aged, judgmental person was telling us. Because that's what we found out that maybe he was. We go to the next door, and a, a lady opens the door, and she's got two kids, and she's getting ready to go to the laundromat, and she works at a local fast food place, and we talk to her, like, can we, can we pray with you? And, and she's like, yeah, oh, yeah, we'd love prayer. But, man, I want to come to your church, and then we go to another place, and we knock on that door, and we talk to that guy for a little bit, and then we go to another place, and this guy comes out, and I realize that all of the guy, all the people that we're talking to, the one, they don't have anything in common with this guy who says he loves God. They didn't have anything in common. And the one guy comes out, and he says, I just sat down. I just now sat down and said, God, I just need some direction in my life. I just want to pray. And you guys knocked on the door. And my, my partner says, he, he knocked on Grace Church. And this guy came running out and says, would you pray for me right now? Oh, think about that. Think about that. And this white guy was just hitting on all his neighbors, saying how bad they were. And we saw so much love in the neighborhood. I wanted to go grab the guy by the back of his head and introduce him to every neighbor and say, this person loves God, and this person loves God, and this person loves God. What about you? But I didn't want to be judgmental like, you know. And I asked, told my friend, I got to be careful not to be judgmental because that guy, those type of people messed me up when they started. And then we went to one more lady's house. We went to a lot of houses that afternoon, but one more lady's house and that in that, uh, in that neighborhood on that block and knock on the door. And the lady said, yeah. yeah. And my friend said, Grace Church. <laughs> and uh, she come right out and said, I love your church. I know you. And she pointed her finger at me. And I think, I oh, don't know, what did I do? And uh, she says, I know your son, Marcus. You guys used to come minister down at the hood. And I made it out. Amen. I got myself a house. <laughs> I got myself a church. I so I'm going to come visit you guys sometime. Would you tell Marcus I said hi? I said, I sure will. And I want to tell you that anything that we do for the kingdom, the heavens start to shake. Yeah, right. They start to shake, church. I mean, you can just knock on a door. You can feed someone a cupcake. You can go deliver groceries. You can just say hi. You can give a high five at your office. You can do anything. But when you do anything for the kingdom of God, the heavens start to shake. And when the heavens started to shake, and for years, we would go down into what she said, the hood. And we weren't sure we were being effective. But man, it just takes one person, right? Just one person, just one thing, just one, just one church, just one person. Now, this scripture here, I want to dial in just for a minute. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. We talked about that. But of power. That word power in the Greek is dunamis. There's two attributes of the Holy Spirit. There's seven identities of the Holy Spirit. But there's two attributes. One is dunamis, power. And the other one is uh, periclete walks alongside. This is that dunamis, power. That when the Lord has not given you a spirit of fear, but he has given you power. He has given you strength. He has given you supernatural ability to endure through those times in your life that you maybe don't think you can make. But God is on your side. He has given you uh, a love, and that word Greek word is agape. It means unconditional love. That this is the type of love that we have. My friend and I, when we were going to our the houses, okay, knocking on doors, he had such unconditional love. Like he was lit up, thinking that we were in a neighborhood that that maybe had some bondage in it. The some of the, some of the bondages that he came out of that I couldn't. walk. Walk fast enough with him. And I think I'm in better shape than he is. <laughs> Maybe not, but it, I couldn't keep up with him. Man, he was fired up. Why? Because there's unconditional love. First of all, unconditional love that he obviously has recognized from people that are in his life. He has now been able to give it to other people. And not only him, but a lot of you have unconditional love. You can just take people just the way they are and you share the good news with them. Listen, we have to be careful that we're not judging people based on looks or perception. We're not judging people even based on their past. That we're looking at people and say, listen, God forgave me. He can forgive you. God's alive in me. He can be alive in you. God's for me. He can be for you. And there's that agape love. And then the last but not least, he says, "In a sound mind. That sound mind literally means self-control. And so listen, we don't have to be afraid of maybe going into some of those areas because God's given us self-control. We don't have to be afraid of maybe people who have harmed us in the past because God's given us self-control. We don't maybe want to visit some places because we want to use wisdom, but we know that God has given us self-control to walk through, that when we do anything for the kingdom of God, the heavens will be shaken. Let's go on to the next verse, then Haggai, then I think it might be verse number 7, 2 and Two and seven, I will shake the nations, okay. Oh, yeah, and so that the treasures of all nations will come in and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. So number four, then, he will fill this house with glory. And that's another divine shift. And what do I mean? In the old days, they would pray for God's glory to come down. In fact, I have some verses written here. It says, Moses to the Lord on Mount Sinai, let me see your glory. And the glory of the Lord, filled the tabernacle. In Exodus 40, in 2 Chronicles, when Solomon dedicated the temple, the, the, the temple was, just filled with with a, a smoke of the Lord, and sometimes we pray in in our well-meaning prayers. God, fill this house with your glory. Let, let your let your Smoke come in. Let us your haze come in. Whatever, whatever that looks like. But there's a shift there because what happens in in, in, in Psalm 62 and 7? In God is my salvation and my glory. Joshua 7:19. Give glory to the Lord God of Israel. What's he saying? That when you came here today as a God fearing believer, you filled God's house with His glory. You are God's glory. You are God's children. You are God's happiness. And so when we get along and we walk together and we love the power and the authority of God and we come in we throw our hands up and worship because Janie's singing no devil not today I'm going to take authority over you and we say fix our eyes on Jesus and we say we're giving God glory the glory of the Lord is right here I think so many times we've sought for something that we already had have you ever done that have you people that wear glasses have you ever looked for your glasses Where's my glasses at? I can't find them. Honey, where's my glasses at? They're on your head, dummy. We're praying for God. (laughs) She's pointing at somebody. (laughs) We're praying for God's glory, and it's right here. Like, we want revival, and God knows we're the start of it. We want celebration. He's saying, yeah, go ahead and start singing and dancing. We're wanting something that we actually can control because God's already given it to us. And when he's already given it to us, all he wants to do is act in it and activate it. I will fill this whole house with the glory. In fact, let's go on to the next verse, verse number 8. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. Verse number 9, this is the last verse. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. Why is that? Because where they had to beg and plead for God's glory after the resurrection and the age of grace, we bring God's glory in with us. There's a divine shift there that we have not ever really experienced because we've been praying for things again that we already have. And let's finish the verse. And in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. And that's number five, that he will give you peace. I'm asked for the worship team to come back at this time. Jehovah Shalom, peace. What does that mean? That's a wholeness word. It's a whole it means prosperity. It means blessing. It means independence. It means joy. It means gladness. It means whatever you need it to mean. Harmony, it means completeness. Why is that? It's it's important for us to understand what peace is because a lot of times we have peace in a controlled environment. I have peace if the bills are paid. I have peace if all the kids are home, sleeping in bed. I have peace if the car starts tomorrow. I have peace if the church is full and the offering is good. I have peace. No, 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 no. You need to have peace no matter what because Jesus is Jehovah Shalom. He is peace, okay? He is peace. And when you walk in that authority, when you walk in the power of peace, it's not arrogance. It's not, you just know God's got this. He's going to work it out. I'm a Christ follower. This is the age of grace. This is the age of dispensation that God has given his grace for all of us. What's he given us grace for? Not so that we can be arrogant, but so that we can walk in humility and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that peace. Thank you for allowing it to work out. Thank you for meeting my needs. Thank you, Lord. This, the, this job closed down; a better one's going to open up. This this contract stopped; a better one's going to open up. This thing this thing didn't work out. God, thank you for saving me from that. I know something better is going to work out. That's peace. That's total peace. Bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment, church. Nobody looking around. They're going to sing a song, and we've kind of sing them all day, all day long about fear and overcoming fear. And, Fixing my eyes and taking care. Of me. Today, if you're here, that one part really hit me when I said, "Fear not, fear not." That's the scripture had guys prophesying over this generation and rebuking fear. If you have fear in your life today, I want you in just a moment just to raise your hand, just 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 so that you know, God knows and I know that we can pray for you. If you're if you're battling fear of some sort, just raise your hand up right now. Hands all across the building. Sure, sure. You bet. We're going to pray for you in just a moment. Just go ahead and lower your hands. If you're here today and you've never followed Christ, or you like, man, my, my walk with the Lord isn't where it needs to be, I want you to raise your hand right up right back there, right now. Thank you for that hand. God bless you. Thank you for that hand. Sure. Thank you for that hand as well. Okay. I'm going to ask every person here to stand, whether you raised your hand or not. And just give a shout-out to the Lord just for a moment. Amen. Just give a shout-out. God. I'm going to pray for you. Listen, if you raise your hand for salvation, I'm going to pray for you. Then after service, if it's your first time, I want you to come see us or one of our team members. We have a Bible for you and some things. If you're here, you raise your hand just because you're dealing with fear. I want you to know that you're not alone. First of all, God is on your side. He said he would never leave you nor forsake you. But I'm asking you, if you're comfortable doing so, just raise your hands for a moment. Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus against all fear. We rebuke fear in the name of Jesus. We command it to go back to the pits of hell where it came from. We thank you that the archangel Michael said, uh, "The Lord rebukes you, devil, and thou so do we. The Lord rebukes you, devil. You're you're a liar, nothing but a liar, and you strike fear into people because you're afraid of them. You're afraid of the faith dynamos that they are. You're afraid of the faith walkers that they are. You're you're afraid of the believers that they are. So, Father, I pray, Lord, that you reverse that curse, that you turn that fear into mighty faith, you turn that fear, Lord, into uh, uh, and just uh, uh, encouragement, Father, Lord, boldness, Lord, and you give them that duneless power of the Holy Spirit that they can walk in, Lord, the boldness, Father, Lord, that they can share, Father, Lord, that they can overcome. We rebuke fear and command it back to the pits of hell right now in the name of Jesus. Give the Lord a shout offering. God bless you. Let's sing this one last song together. God bless you. Thanks for coming out.
1: open to anybody so you're all welcome to come so it's this Wednesday at 6 30 you're welcome to join us for our small group we're doing a bible study on prayer and we encourage all the our group to be here but it's open to everybody so Um, don't forget to go out and get your books and get pastor to sign something in it because you know it could be worth so much money could be I, I did read it and I really was blessed. I, I, I called them lessons rather than chapters because I felt like I was just in a learning. Like it was like you could do a Bible study with it. So I thought it spoke to anxiety. I thought it spoke to how to raise your kids, how to have a happy marriage. I, it was just, there was just so much in it. It's just, there's a lot of stuff in there. So I encourage you just to, to grab the book and buy the book because it's going to pay for the downtown someday. We're just going to believe that. we got to do something, so it's coming. So let me just pray for you. Father, we love you, and we bless you, and we thank you that you are a good Father, and your love for us is so amazing. Lord, I thank you that you truly have given us power, Lord, over all fear and all anxiety and all um, things that try to raise up in our life. I thank you, Lord, that that, that has been um, put to death, Lord, and we have no power lord no power where the enemy wants to kill steal and destroy but you come that we would have life and that more abundantly i thank you that lord our tongues do carry a lot of power so the words that we say they can speak life or they can speak death we choose life lord so i pray lord that you would go with each and every person that you would um, let the life that they have just shine so bright that jesus would just be the the light that people see in their lives and our example of what we do and what we say, that we would be uplifting and we would encourage one another and we would speak that love that you have for each and every one of us in our lives. Pray blessings in their lives. I thank you for them. We love you and we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in all of our lives. We bless you and give you all the glory, all the praise. You are good. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you all so much. We'll see so